This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. And before we get started today, I want to invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's right. After years of neglecting this very precious real estate on the Internet, I am committing to producing content over there. The easiest way to find me over on YouTube is go to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see the YouTube logo there. Just click it and subscribe and you will get exclusive content that I'm going to be putting on the YouTube. Howie Jacobson, PhD, is an executive coach to clients ranging from startup founders to established and rising Fortune 100 leaders. He's also a health and performance coach and co-author of You Can Change Other People. Howie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, I know this is an audio-only podcast, but if you know what I look like, Howie and I go to the same barber, so Chrome Dome Club forever. <laughs> uh, that's 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 why we use that browser right oh well actually i don't use chrome because they track everything i use brave but that's in uh topic oh, for an entirely I'm, different uh, I'm, I'm on brave too because I, I i was i was worried that zencaster wouldn't wouldn't like it but uh yeah i only use chrome for recording podcasts because brave does something weird with the ram available on the browser uh, that's way beyond my pay grades and my knowledge i don't even worry about that so i use chrome for recording on zencaster and that is it but I'm glad you're on the show, and I was telling you before we hit record that you actually made history because somebody canceled for this interview, and we had just met like two days ago, and when I sent you the link, this today's appointment was actually available. This has never happened in the history of the podcast that I met you. Two days later, you're actually being interviewed on the show, so I just want that a little behind the scenes there for the listeners, So, but I'm glad you're here because I'm excited about the topic today. Oh, I, I am too. And, you know, like for your listeners, if this turns out to be, a, you know, a dud, like it's just because it was only, you only had two days to make a decision. So that totally explains it. It's not, there's no, there's no fault in your vetting system. <laughs> well, I, I did some research and I think you're the real, real deal. And, uh, you know, someone actually recommended you and I get most of my guests from recommendations or from agencies. I don't deal with the people cold uh, cold pitching me anymore because they turn out to be duds. So you came recommended. So if you let us down, Howie, we're going to talk to your friend. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Yeah, I know. And, and he's six foot five and I'm scared of him. So I, I'll do a good job. <laughs> Excellent. So before we get started, I, I read your bio as I started the, the show. Is there anything else you think we should know about you before we get into the conversation? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm an aging ultimate Frisbee player. Um, I'm a frequently injured runner and, and I'm a, a gardener who like some gardeners talk to their plants. I like plead with mine. <laughs> I just had this vision of you out there on your knees, begging the plants to grow. That's quite a visual. So you, you, you like helping people because we live in a society where self-sabotage is such a big deal. I see a lot of people talking bad about themselves. They're going, I'm a moron. I'm stupid. I'll never get it figured out. And that is a form of self-sabotage, is it not? 
It sure is. And I, I recognize it in other people because, you know, that those same songs play in my head. And I see like there's there's just a lot of things that we don't understand about that phenomenon when it comes to either helping ourselves or helping other people. And I would say for, for myself, like for a long time, I thought that the cure for that was to somehow psychically, surgically remove those voices. Right. And we see that a lot of that in sort of popular culture, like, well, just say affirmations, just repeat the positive you know, stay positive. We see whole Instagram accounts that are all about you are loved, you are beautiful, self-esteem. And the, the re psychological research shows that the more you kind of argue with or try to override or bury those voices, the louder they get. Right. Like, why would I wake up in the morning and say, I am loved, I am beautiful, I am happy, I am the source of all abundance. If I actually believe it, I don't have to say that. Like, I don't wake up in the morning and say, I have 10 toes. My right knee hurts. The sun is shining. You know, <laughs> like I don't say the obvious things. So for ourselves, I think it's really important to understand that those voices don't have to have control over us if we can separate from them, if we can just observe them like, oh, there's a voice inside me that says you're a loser, you're a fraud, you're never going to make it. Okay. That's that's nice. It's like going to the car, you know, the auto shop and you're waiting in the in the waiting room and like there's some radio station playing like you don't have to suddenly believe what they're saying. Mm. Right? So we get we get to when we start to understand that we're not our thoughts and that, you know, a lot of meditative traditions and spiritual practices are all about that, just observing them, that we don't have to go to you know, the heavy lifting of trying to, you know, bury them like like nuclear waste. We can just live with them and not let them determine our lives. I'm reading a book by someone I really respect, Robin Sharma. He has a book called The Everyday Hero Manifesto. And in there, he's got a chapter about the problem he has with positive affirmations and positive thinking. And he says similar what you just said. But he goes, the problem with that saying, I feel happy, I feel good, I'm going to think positive, is if you haven't dealt with the underlying reasons why you're not truly happy or why you feel insufficient, to your point, saying those affirmations isn't going to change the problem that you haven't dealt with. You're just trying to, I don't know, you have like some rotten cake in your refrigerator, you put some whipped cream on it. It's still rotten cake. <laughs> yeah. And as a, as a coach, my bias is always towards action. So I'm not a therapist. So when you say, like, let's go and understand and figure out the causes, like that's kind of above my pay grade or it's, it's, some, it's something it's not what I'm interested in. Rather, what I want is for people, whatever, whatever voices are in their head or whatever rotten cake, um, let's take action. Like instead of figuring out like the um, the biology of rotting of spoilage, let's throw the cake in the garbage. I love it. Right? Let's let's compost it. Right? So so what what I'm interested in is you know what are you trying to achieve? What do you want for your life? And the things that aren't getting in the way don't we don't have to solve for those? Like every everybody's got stuff. All right. But let's let's solve for the things, for the thought patterns, for the fears, for the emotional avoidance that's keeping you from living the life that you want. And really, that's the focus when I try to help other people whom I, I see are self-sabotaging or who come to me for help. All right. It's where do you want to go? 
And it's going to involve taking actions that are uncomfortable, taking actions that bring up all sorts of fears, inadequacies, vulnerabilities. And the the coaching process is really titrating those experiences so people can handle them and grow from them. The same way if I go to you and you're a personal trainer and I want to get stronger, you're not going to take me over to you know, the the free weights and, and rack 180 pounds on each side of the barbell, you're going to start with, you know, a machine that maybe has five pounds on it and build my muscles from there. So that's, that's really what I see coaching as is sort of, um, you know, a gym for our emotional courage muscles. Yeah, I, I love that because I actually recorded a video for uh, social media a couple days ago. And the 30-second video is all about knowledge is great, but the acquisition of knowledge is not going to get you anywhere. It's the implementation or, to use your word, action. A lot of people are going to webinars. They're going to conferences. They're reading books. And then that's all great. But you don't do something with that information and put it into action. You're never going to change. And I don't care if that you're trying to become a better athlete, like, like uh, I'm a daily runner. I mean, I could read all the articles on how to be a better runner, but if I don't implement it and I just run the way I want to run it, well, why did I waste the time reading these articles? And I, I think people need to spend more time on action. Matter of fact, I had a coach, her name was Jamie Masters a number of years ago. And at the end of every group call, she would say, okay, what are your active actions for the next week? Not, not something like, well, I'm going to think about becoming better. She wanted to know what were your active actions? What are you going to do? And I think people don't talk about taking action. I think we're in a society where we're, we're watching all these YouTube videos. We're watching, reading all these posts on Instagram or whatever the case may be. But that's great. But what are you doing? I think we need to spend more time doing and less time absorbing knowledge. What do you think? I agree 100%. Right. So the, the absorbing knowledge is actually for many people a way of avoiding taking action. Ah. Right. I know it was for me when I started running. I went out for a couple of runs and somewhere inside my my brain, I was like, this isn't very much fun. This is annoying. It hurts. I'm chafing. So what do I do? I immediately go online and I read 700 articles about compression shorts. <laughs> right. As opposed to like going to um, Academy Sports, buying a pair like, you know, I had to find the perfect pair, right? Like, the, is it seven inch or nine inch inseams? <laughs> you know, do I want dry fit or spandex? In the meantime, <laughs> I'm avoiding my runs. So, yeah, so be like, yeah, so get, you know, get educated, but only educated to the point where you're educated enough to make a bet on the next thing you want to try because it's all because we're so stuck in our heads that, you know, we can ruminate forever. And, you know, like neuroscience shows that almost all of our thoughts are exactly the same from day to day. And the only way, so it's a closed system. The only way to change a closed system is to open it up and a new experience, a new action, a new bit of intelligence from the universe because you've done something different can shake everything up. So that's why your coach so wisely, you know, advocated taking action this week. Don't just have insight. Yeah. I recently convicted myself uh, about three or four days ago where 
I was doing a very sneaky form of procrastination. Now I'm a big planner. I schedule my time during the day as I advocate everyone should. But when I looked at my calendar, I'm like, okay, are these actions I'm putting on my calendar, are they actually needle moving activity or are they just like, Hey, you put something on your calendar and it's nice, but it really didn't matter. And I, took a hard look at myself and I'm like, okay, is this active actions or is this a form of procrastination? And I actually, as a judge, I convicted myself. I said, look at dude, you teach this stuff and you're normally really good at it, but you're not doing the right things. And I, and I actually dug deeper, Howie. I said, okay, why am I doing these things that don't move the needle? And I really spent time investigating. I'm like, huh? If I know better, is it fear? Is it, I don't know what was going on. And I actually determined that there was no answer. Believe it or not, there was no reason why it was a a form of laziness and I corrected it. So I learned what I was doing wrong. And I said, stop it, Mark, stop it. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. And it changed. Everything changed after that. But I think sometimes we get into complacency we start getting down that slippery slope and we're like, oh, it's not that bad. And then it goes, gets a little worse. That's eh, not that bad. And then a week, two weeks, three weeks later, you look back and you're really far down the, the, the proverbial roof. When if you would have stopped yourself after a day or two, like I did, you wouldn't have slid so far. Hey, you listening to the Mark Jachowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Jachowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. There's so much to unpack. I love that story. So one, one thing is when you say, you know, I convicted myself. So people could be listening and saying, well, that sounds very harsh and negative. But it's just like touching the hot stove, right? Like, ooh, ouch, right? Like that's there was a moment. So when we do it psychologically, we can think of it as shame or guilt. And the point of shame or guilt is the same as the point of the, the temperature receptors on your fingers to make you stop doing something dumb, mm-hmm. something harmful. So you immediately, you had that moment of disappointment in yourself, and then you immediately turned it into positive action. And what you did was you started looking for reasons, right? Well, first there was the, the real, like a hard evaluation. Like, yeah, this is, a, this is a waste of time compared to the needle moving activities that, that I've identified as really going to be moving me forward. And then you said, so why? And you can come up with a reason. So one, one of the things I love to do as a coach is kind of hold off on the why question, because very often, as you said, there was no why. Like if you just said, okay, I'm going to do it differently. So I'm going to create a new plan. Now, if it works, then there was no reason to like why was just it was a default. It was a, you know, our culture. It was a habit. It was an accident. But let's say you decide I'm going to now I'm going to spend 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., you know, writing out my next YouTube video, prepping it. That's game changing for me. And then eight o'clock rolls around and you're still sort of messing around with other stuff. At that point, it's worthwhile to say, okay, what's going on for me? And, and I don't like the why question because that kind of like whatever question you ask with a why, your brain is going to go find an answer. And just, you know, just like those, um, 
you know, police dogs, like they'll dig up a body for you. Like, even if you, you don't want it, they're going to, they're going to bring you the hand, you know, your brain is going to do that. Like if you say, why am I procrastinating? Your brain's going to go, Ooh, a question, right? It's because I'm lazy. It's because I'm good for nothing. It's because my mother liked my brother better. It's right. Whatever. As opposed, so the question I like to ask is what's it doing for me? Right. So and the way to do this, like just to kind of sit with, OK, now I want to get started on my YouTube video and I'm going to pay attention to my body. I'm going to pay attention to my thoughts. What's coming up for me when I think about doing this thing that I'm avoiding, procrastinating? And I can often feel like, oh, there's a who I'm feeling a tightness in my chest. I don't know if I have enough to say or. I'm going to make a great video and I'm only going to get 57 views because I haven't built my channel yet. And that's going to demoralize me or someone else is going to see that and they're going to think I'm a loser. And right. Like, so there's the moment where we, we can we can always when we have some sort of bad habit, there's always something that we're avoiding that if we if we pivot and accept it, it then frees us to move forward. I'm accepting the fact that this video may only get 57 views. And someone might look at that and think, well, this guy has no presence on YouTube. Why would I want to be interviewed by him? <laughs> and then I breathe through that and I say, well, you know, good. This one will have 57. The next one will have 62. And if I do if I do five a week, I'm going to be ending up with 10,000, 20,000 views. And I am going to be the sort of person who dominates YouTube in the way that I want to. All right. So. Instead of saying, like, what's wrong with me or why am I doing this? I want to look at what like every negative behavior has a positive intent. And if I can discover what that is, I can decide, is that positive intent worth it for what I'm giving up? Or even better, is there another way to attain that positive intent? Like the positive intent would be for me to, to keep me safe. I don't want to feel the ridicule of having nobody watch my YouTube channel. Okay, so I, that's good. I want to I want to be safe from ridicule. So how are some other ways I can do that? Well, one way is to not ridicule myself, <laughs> right? Is not to say, "Boy, fifty-seven views, you loser," but to say, "Wow, fifty-seven views. That's fifty-seven people who whose life I may have changed." Yeah, good for me, right? Like the, so, to be able to to access our our states. Um, and really focus on what is this? What is the avoidance doing for me? What's the positive intent? And how can I achieve that? And how can I protect myself? Like really honor all of who I am, my vulnerabilities, my fears, the little boy inside me who's never gone away and still move forward and do the things that I'm meant to do in this world. You just said so much that was awesome there. And I, I was smiling in my head when you were talking about YouTube because I'm actually pivoting from the podcast. Now, the podcast is not going anywhere. I'm just not going to do like seven episodes a week anymore to YouTube. And the reason why is because YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world and it's married to the largest search engine in the world. And as I grow my channel, yeah, I don't have a lot of views, very few subscribers because I'm just now starting. But when I was in starting podcasting way back in uh, 2017, I was 
thinking I was the next Joe Rogan. Every podcaster thinks they're the next Joe Rogan. And I was getting like, I don't know, 200 downloads a month or something like that. And I was like, man, this is not working. And a thought leader I respected in the podcasting space says, have you ever had the opportunity to speak to 200 people at one time before? And I'm like, no, I'm like, he goes, well, you're my age. So, cause I'm 56. And if you went to a classroom, like nighttime classroom to teach a class and you had 25 people, you'd be amazed that 25 people showed up to hear you speak. Well, if you get a hundred downloads, that's four classrooms. You get 200 downloads, eight classrooms. And when they put it in that perspective, I'm like, yeah, he goes, don't worry about the downloads or the views. Worry about how many people you're impacting. Because I know people on YouTube that make between 10,000 and a million dollars a month, and they have maybe a thousand subscribers and maybe a thousand views on a video. People get caught up in the metrics. And when you compare yourselves to a Joe Rogan as a podcaster or a Mr. Beast, one of the top po- uh, view, video people on YouTube, it's, it's daunting. You're like, oh, I'm never going to be that good. Well, guess what? I know for a fact, because I'm reading a book, that Mr. Beast in 2012 had 40 subscribers. Now he's got like a quadrillion, okay? He started, everybody starts at zero, okay? But if you look at that, where they are now and where you are now, whether it's podcasting, Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't matter, and you look at the big influencers, you're like, oh, I'm not that good. Who's going to watch me? And you start talking negatively about yourself. Well, to your point, the positive intent, look, you put the work in. Most people don't even have what you have done. If you get 57 views, there's a lot of people don't even get one view because they don't have a YouTube channel. And I think we need to focus on, hey, look, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not as good as Joe Rogan or Mr. Beast, but you know what? I'm doing pretty good. And we need to tell ourselves that message. And I need to tell myself this message that, you know what? I'm doing pretty doggone good. Yeah, and I think that that points to one of the... um the challenges with our current sort of success oriented society is that we really focus on goals. Mm-hmm. So when you say, when you, when we compare ourselves to Mr. Beast or Joe Rogan, we're implicitly saying that our goal is to get 10 million downloads for every episode to make millions of dollars and whatever your goal, whether it's that, or I want to be considered for the CTO position, or I want to lose 50 pounds and reverse my diabetes all of like those, like we think like what you need is a really motivating goal, right? Like you're not going to do it unless you're like, oh, what's my why? What's my big why? And our big why, like it's great to have that goal because it, it, infor- it strategically informs our decisions. We can manage to it. We can adjust when things don't go according to plan. It's fine to have that goal. It's, it's, actually, it's actually useful. But for day to day, having a goal that's in the future is actually not only distracting, but demoralizing. Because our, whenever we focus on the future, we have to, like, in order to get there, we have to do pain now. Oh, I got to make another YouTube video and I don't have as many people as Joe Rogan. And what if people don't watch it and I don't get any comments? Or like I made like my most popular YouTube video. I don't know how this happened. It was an interview with a guy named Stephen Porges, who created the polyvagal theory, one of my intellectual heroes, one of the greatest people I've ever met. Somehow, somehow, somehow that got into the YouTube slipstream and it got recommended. And like most of my videos literally had like 50 or 60 people watching them. This one is, I might be like 150,000. Wow. And so I'm getting, all of a sudden I'm getting comments. 
<laughs> and about about a third of the comments are about what a terrible interviewer I am, oh. <laughs> how bad my sound is, how annoying it is that I'm typing and taking notes. And and I, I kind of have to, you know, I have to deal with that in terms of like, oh, my goal was to be like this really popular, helpful YouTube star. And and I'm not getting it. So instead of focusing on the goal, what I really want to focus on is uh, is my values. Like even if even if I only have one subscriber or zero subscribers or I'm making a video that nobody may ever see, am I putting into that what I want to be and how I want to be and how I want to do in the world? Am I speaking with integrity? Am I speaking with clarity? Am I exuding kindness and compassion? Am I being humorous and entertaining so people want to watch? Like when I focus on how and who I'm being, then I move naturally towards those goals. But when I just think about the goals, I can end up really demoralized when I just look at the gap. Mm. That's a very good point. I'm a big goal setter. I follow Grant Cardone's 10x goals suggestion make your goals huge. And I've got some really ginormous goals, but I don't sit there. I write them out every morning. I write my goals out every morning and I don't copy them from the day before. So I write down whatever goals are on my heart every day, but I don't sit there and go, okay, what do I need to do in the next minute to achieve those goals? Like one of my goals is to have a net worth of a hundred million dollars. That is so far out there. It might as well be past Pluto. I don't obsess about it. I believe in having big goals. All right. But now I'm like, okay, what action do I need to take today that's going to get me one step closer to that big goal? And I think your point is making, and correct me if I'm wrong, people are like, okay, what do I need to do today to get me $100 million tomorrow? No, you're not going to make $100. Legally, you're not going to make $100 million tomorrow. Now, you make make it illegally, but we're talking about legal things on the show. But I think if you have a goal that's big and you're saying to yourself, what do I need to do today? And not only is the action, but what mindset do you need to have? You can't dwell on, oh, I don't have $100 million. You need to say, okay, look it. I'm I'm a smart guy. I, I, I'm, I'm intelligent. I can learn things. I've got some people following me. I've got some intelligence. What can I do today that's going to pull me closer to the goal? I think people who don't have any goals really scare me because I'm like, I mean, why are you here? I mean, do you agree with that? Do you, do you agree that people need to have goals? I don't know that I do anymore, and I'll oh, I'll tell you why. So so I'll give you I'll give you an example. So so you say you want to you want to be have a net worth of a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. So when we when I, so I would take the values one step further, and I'd ask you, to what end? Like what, for the sake of what do you want a hundred million dollars? That's a very good question. And a year ago, I could not answer that question. A year ago, all they want to do is make a million dollars a year, and I'd be happy. But then I heard Grant Cardone say, when you have a lot of money, you have a lot of choices. When you have a lot of money, you can help a lot of people. Like I have elderly parents. My dad's 80. My mom's 76 with late onset Alzheimer's. My dad's her only uh, caregiver. They have to deal with Medicaid and Medicare and all this other stuff. Having a lot of money, I would like to be able to pay everything for my mom and dad private, pay off all their debts and pay for everything they need. So they don't have to worry about anything for the rest of their lives. I like to do with some other relatives as well. And so for me, having that kind of money is not about buying fancy cars, mansions, yachts, although I would like to have a private plane for the convenience, not for any other reason. That's why I would like the money to be able to help people. 
Great. So what I hear you say is, is, is the goal is to allow you to be generous and free. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've just met you. But so far, you seem extremely generous. You have a podcast where you highlight other people. You've made me feel like an expert and like someone that your people should listen to several times. That's that's the um, that's the behavior of a generous person. So you're already, you know, so it's like a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to like, you know, be cutthroat, do whatever I can to make my million. Then I'm going to give it all away. And it's funny how people who get there almost never give it all. Like, like you don't suddenly change who you are. Yes. And it's it looks like you've created your life for choice and freedom as well. And you just said like this podcast that has defined you in many ways as a seven day a week podcast, you're switching it up. Like if you were an employee of some company, you wouldn't necessarily just be able to walk into your boss's office and say, hey, that thing I was doing, I'm going to do one seventh of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. Like, so you may or may not make a hundred million dollars, but you can live those values today. And there's probably ways in which living those values makes you more likely to get it. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. That's a very valid point. That's that what you just said there makes a lot of sense because it's not... I just picked a hundred million dollars. So I don't want the listener to think that I sat here for days upon days meditating and praying over a hundred million dollars. It's just something I just came up with because I watched one of Grant Cardone's videos. He says, 10 extra goals. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to just a hundred million dollars. You know, I was going to go to a billion. I'm like, that was really scary. I was a hundred million dollars. Okay. A hecta, I think it's called a hecta millionaire if you get to a hundred million, but you know, th that's not the goal. If I make a hundred million dollars, I, I become a net worth a hundred million dollars. I just die. That's not the goal. The goal is to your point is I want to be generous and helpful every day, whether it's on the podcast, my YouTube channel, wherever it is. And you're the first person ever pointed out to me that I'm already being generous and generosity doesn't mean you have a lot of money in the bank. It means your spirit. It means your mindset. It means the way you live. And I like to think myself as very generous. I mean, who does 985 plus episodes of a podcast who's not generous? This is not about me. It's about helping the listener who's listening to us right now. Yep, right on. And so one of the nice things that it does is it can take the pressure off your goals. Mm -hmm. Like I discovered... Um, you know, that um, since I'm an aging ultimate Frisbee player, I play in occasional tournaments. And these tournaments, like I want you to picture like men in their 50s and 60s running around on this field, <laughs> chasing a, a piece of plastic that weighs like a third of a pound. <laughs> right. Like it's not really hot. And, and like the winner may get an extra T-shirt. <laughs> Right. Like, so there's the stakes. And yet I find myself with performance anxiety. Like the, the more, you know, like, oh, it's a tournament game. They're, they have the flags with the numbers and there's actually like observers and referees. And like, I don't want to let my team down. And of course, when I get like that, I'm much more likely to make a bad throw or a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. Right. So if the goal is the only thing you're going for, you're going to you can it's easy to self-sabotage because it's it's so important. You don't want to mess it up. But if, you know, if it's the values that drive the day to day, 
there's a sense of ease with that. Like, like maybe you only make $94 million, you know, and then you die. And then on your tombstone, it says failure. Never. <laughs> right? Or, you know, you go and you do your thing and you have, you really don't have control over the market, right? Nobody, like you can't force people to give you money. You can create value. You can market yourself. You can be strategic. But still, in the end, there's a lot of really smart people who did not make the money they thought they were going to make. There's a lot of, you know, fortune and luck and timing that goes into that. But what you do have control over, what each of us has control over is how we show up in the world every day. And I like to go to bed at night and ask myself, like, did I do my best today to be to be Howie? And some days the answer is no. And I'm like, I can take stock. And, and sometimes there's only like a, a couple of moments in the day where I like, boy, I nailed that. I was really kind when that person called or, you know, I sat down and I wrote that article and I felt like quitting four times because I was kind of frustrated and bored. But I stayed in my seat and I finished it and that felt good, right? Like, like I'm very happy for sort of little, little wins that are character-based. And the, and the big wins are like, you know, I'll celebrate a great a contract or something like that. But then as soon as I get the business, I got to go deliver it. Like, and it's back to <laughs> being the guy who's got to do stuff. Um, when you said contract, what, what uh, popped in my head is my father, who I mentioned is 80 years old. Every time any athletes uh, signed a contract for a multi-quartillion dollars. My dad will call me. I know you're a capitalist, but no one's worth that kind of money. I'm like, so dad, are they asking you to pay the money? I'm like, why do you get upset over this? Dad, the guy asked for a quartillion dollars and they paid him, and he gets so worked up. I'm like, dad, you need to take a breath. Okay. They're not going to take it out of your, your, your social security relax. And it's funny because he goes, I know, but it just makes me mad. I'm like, dad, I said, you could have made that kind of money too. You chose your path. You were a great machinist when you were working in, in the steel factory and they don't pay trillions of dollars. And it's so funny because we have this discussion whenever he sees a player that makes a lot of money. I know that when he calls me, I know what it's going to say. I'm like, dad, take a breath. <laughs> They're not asking you to pay that money. Don't worry about it. And the other thing you mentioned about is the little things. I have a uh, practice I do every morning where I say I'm grateful for, and I always list three things. The problem I'm struggling with is I always try to think of the big things, but mm. it's the little things like, you know, sometimes I say, I am grateful. I woke up today. Sometimes I'll say, I'm grateful. I got to go out and throw the ball with my dog. You know, I think we're so focused on the big things we're grateful for, but there's a lot of little things we take for granted that I think we should be grateful for as well as you illustrated earlier. Yeah, I'll give you an example from my morning. So I'm working on this article. Um, I'm about two thirds done and I just I had to get my butt off the chair. So I decided to go for a walk. Um, so I went I live on a country road. I put I'm listening to a exciting sort of horror police crime drama on Audible. <laughs> I put my headphones in. I go for a walk and there's a bunch of trucks going by and they get close enough. I can't hear. So I, I turn off the audio. Then they go by. I turn it back on. There's another two. And I find myself getting annoyed. <laughs> right. And then and then I stop and I think, 
how many people would like to be in my position to be able to, mm. in the middle of their workday, decide when they get up, the, the sun was shining, there's birds, there's cows and horses and goats, the air smells beautiful, they, they just cut the, 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 uh, the power company cut some hedges so there's the smell of cut pine. I'm like, oh, I'm actually, like the reason I was upset is that I was so appreciating the silence, the nature, but I wasn't gra grateful for it. Like I was just taking it for granted until it was taken away by some trucks. I'm like, oh, like that, that truck can remind me to be grateful for how great the truckless walk is. <laughs> like it, it, didn't, it didn't have to be anything big. Wow. That's amazing. I'm thinking about titling this episode, You're Thinking of Goals Wrong. I think that would be a title that people go, what do you mean I'm thinking about goals wrong? Because I think you brought up some very good points on the show, by the way. And I, I really appreciate your insights because you really caused me to think about things a different way. So I know people are going to want to know more about you and what you're doing in the world. So where can we go to find out about that? Yeah. Um, well, so I have a health related podcast called plant yourself. Um, and what I'd like to send people to most is I just, I just co-wrote a book that I'm really excited about. And you mentioned it in the introduction, it's called you can change other people. And it's, um, like, so I would like, for, I'd love for people to find that wherever you get books, whether it's online or a local independent bookstore, um, cause it's really sort of the culmination of, of 30 years of work between with, you know, me and my writing partner, who's actually, his name is Peter Bregman and he's the guy who taught me how to be a coach. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful homage to be able to work with your teacher yes. to, to produce something. And it's based on the idea that we think like, you know, people like us who are like really into personal development, we see the people around us struggling and we have one of two reactions. Well, the first one usually is, so someone who's been listening to your podcast for six months is going to like parrot all of your wisdom at this other person, right? And they'll try to, you should listen to this, you should do this. And, and right, that almost never works, right? Telling people what to do, giving them unsolicited advice when we care even more or we love them or we're married to them or they're our children or our parents, we can then, we can then like become so frustrated, we become critics, Right. And we start telling this is what you're doing wrong. You're thinking wrong. If you only would think about it. Right. I remember my Tony Robbins phase where everybody who wasn't happy, I was like, you need to, to take responsibility for your state. <laughs> like, boy, was I annoying <laughs> and, and unhelpful and generally wrong. <laughs> right. But like, you know, like the, the, the zealotry of thinking you've got something figured out. Or the other thing we do is we say, well, you can't, you know, we get wise. And we, that, that Gandhi quote that people have on their email, like, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And we say, well, I can't change anybody else. So I'm just going to work on myself. And that's great. Working on ourselves is great. But if we just shut up, we're missing an opportunity to help other people. So the, the book is really a, sort of a four step process based on co our coaching methodology to actually get people to want our help so that we approach them as allies, not critics. And we focus them on outcomes as opposed to problems. 
looking for opportunities in the problem, and then creating that plan, like we talked about earlier, that the, you know, the bias towards action. So we, what we try to do is take a very sophisticated coaching model and really simplify it for lay people. So anybody can use this to help the people around you, you know, up their game and self-sabotage. So that's if, if there's one thing people are going to do if they want to follow my work, that's what I would recommend at the moment. When you were talking there, I was thinking about my journey to building my YouTube platform. What I'm doing is I invested in YouTube premium, which I recommend everyone get because there's no ads. No ads. But the other thing is, is I'm listening to all these YouTube experts, these very successful YouTube teachers. And of course, you the joke is you ask 100 YouTube experts, what's the best way to grow your channel? You get 100 different opinions. But what I'm doing is I'm not. I'm not saying, okay, he's right. He's right. He's right. I'm like, okay, I like what they said. That doesn't make any sense. I see their point. And then I'm trying to learn myself. A lot of people to your point, oh, go take Tony Robbins, go to UPW, go get uh, unlimited power within whatever, but you need to learn and expose yourself to other uh, knowledge and, you know, expertise and go, okay, does this resonate with me? Don't, you know, even on my own show, I don't want anyone to say, oh, Howie said this, Mark said this, take it in and go, hmm, does that make sense? Will that work for me? Do I have a problem with it? Don't just take it verbatim. Okay. Now, if you go to the doctor and he says, take this, it'll make you feel better. That's not what we're talking about. If you go to a lawyer, cause you're being sued, listen to your lawyer. But we're saying here for this personal development, use your brain that God gave you and and see if it will resonate with you because not everything resonates with everyone. That's why there's so many different social media platforms out there. Some will work for you, some won't. So use your brain and I'm sure that you'll be just fine. So before we wrap up, anything you want to say based on what I just said? Yeah, like each, you know, one of my favorite books was Horton Hears a Who, right? <laughs> it's like like at the very end, like the the, the, the one voice that was missing that get finally gets added this person little person who was just apathetic and finally like said you know added their voice to the mix like we need all of us the world the world to me feels like it's in a very precarious place right now things like we could be amazing and we could destroy it all and like i feel like everybody needs to show up so if if you think you need to show up like steve jobs or mr beast or joe rogan um or anyone like, yeah, we can look for them for guidance, for strategies, for mistakes not to make. But I think we all need to show up as ourselves. And if, if you just look at YouTube, how different are different channels? Like yep. everybody is not screaming like Joe Rogan. Everybody's not giving away money like Mr. V. Like there's some incredibly popular channels of people doing like landscape painting with yes. with classical music and birdsong behind it. Like there's no formula. There's There's principles. But the only formula is discover yourself and share yourself with the world. Yes, I, I absolutely love that. And I am so thankful you came on the show today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. All right. It was a great pleasure, Mark. And uh, I look forward to following your YouTube success. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always 
has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.